Welcome to Nightlife, a bite-sized episode. The infectious disease smallpox was famously declared to have been eradicated in 1980, but it's very rare to be able to have a realistic chance of eliminating a disease from the world. At the moment, the World Health Organization's in the final stages of trying to eliminate polio. That's with a comprehensive vaccination program around the world. But tonight we're going to take a look at another disease which authorities are hoping they may be able to stamp out too. That disease is hepatitis C, which currently affects nearly 200,000 Australians. But it's thought that 180,000 of those could be cured with a new treatment that's had a great success rate, but which few people have so far embraced. Melanie Eagle is the Chief Executive of Hepatitis Victoria. She's with us on Nightlife tonight. Hello, Melanie. Hi, Suzanne. Now, Melanie, remind us of just what hepatitis C is and how it affects people. Certainly, and it is fairly uh, poorly understood, so I'll try to just give the overview. It's a bloodborne virus. Uh, there's a range of different types of hepatitis, but the two viral hepatitis that are significant in terms of chronic liver disease, potentially, and liver cancer are hepatitis B and C. They've got different uh, transmission routes and they've actually got different ways that they can be treated. So for hepatitis C, if we just think of it that way, it's passed blood to blood and there's a cure. Okay, so tell us about this cure because I think in years gone past, it wasn't curable, but now Mm -hmm. you're saying, look, there's a treatment that is incredibly effective. That's right. There have been slow improvements. So, you know, in the last decade, it was, you know, there was a slim chance and the treatment was gruelling and there were weekly injections plus drugs and lots of side effects. And we've seen greater and greater uh, improvements and research. And then since 2016, actually, listed on our standard, available to the public, medicines that the government subsidises, we've had these direct-acting antivirals or DAAs, let's just call them the cures, have been available to the public, unrestricted, and they, within a simple course of treatment, which is 8 to 12 weeks usually for people, and now potentially just one tablet a day, people can be cured. And we're not talking about minimising symptoms. You're actually talking about, what, a, a complete cure? Complete cure. And eradicating so know, the virus from someone's body? That's right. So, I, you know, I know lots of people, uh, president of my organisation, other people on my board, lots of uh, friends, people who phone our infoline, we refer them off to services and fantastic stories of lives being transformed. One of our volunteers popped into the office uh, just, <laughs> you know, this week looking, uh, beaming. He'd been involved in an early story uh, uh, that we'd videoed around stigma. Here he is now cured, planning his summer holidays, for example. So there's lots of positive stories and we just want to get the word out there. If you're potentially at risk, have it of having the disease. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you heard about it years ago, didn't think there was a cure at the time. Maybe, you know, you weren't ready or the symptoms weren't manifesting themselves. Whatever. If you're possibly in the situation of having hepatitis C, just get a test. Or if you know you've had it, go and talk to your doctor and talk, uh, how do I get cured? So, Melanie, that's one of the big issues with hep C, isn't it, that sometimes there aren't a lot of symptoms and a lot Mm. of people are potentially carrying the virus in Australia but simply don't know they have it. That's right. Or they perhaps are aware that they 
had it, but it's not been of significant importance or they didn't feel that there there wasn't at the time a cure, so nobody directed them towards treatment for whatever reasons, and there are multiple ones. And actually really surrounding all of that, there's probably the general issue of, of stigma. It's not a pleasant thing to talk about it, so it's quite easy to push it away. Uh, it's not easy to disclose to anybody, family, friends, and even healthcare providers. So for multiple reasons, it's not been spoken about enough. So we're trying to break through all of that to say, have a chat to your doctor if, if it's potentially even an issue for you and access those cures. So while a third of the people who are uh, potentially able to have this life-saving treatment have accessed them, the uh, other two-thirds haven't uh, since they became available uh, in 2016. So we want them onto the treatments. It's all affordable. Change your life. Okay, so you, you would be uh, likely, more likely to have it if you fall into a certain number of, of high-risk groups. Remind us what mm-hmm. those groups are. So as I said, it's a blood-to-blood uh, transmission. And in all first world countries, if we call ourselves, you know, if we do use those generalisations, the main transmission route has been unsafe injecting practices. Often that's been decades ago and we didn't even know about hepatitis C at the time as a possible consequence of those practices. I mean, there have been people who've got that through tattooing perhaps or they might have travelled overseas and, you know, had pedicures and things. So, so it can be any route where there's been not sufficient infection control and blood involved. So in many poorer countries around the world, and we're talking many countries, it's actually been medically acquired. So there's actually been medical procedures that haven't had good uh, infection control. Um, the the haemophiliac population, for example, have had very high rates of hepatitis C just because of that exposure to blood products. Even if you've never experienced a symptom or you've, you've never even suspected that this could be something that you, you might have, you're saying there are all these number of undiagnosed people out there. Under what circumstances should anyone listening tonight think, hey, maybe that's me, maybe I'll go get a test? So it's... That it is hard to be, you know, very categoric around that. If you think you've perhaps been exposed to the exchange of blood that might not have been properly infection, you know, with uh, covered with infection control procedures, and I know that sounds really loose, then it's worth inquiring and just getting a test. The test. Um, you know, the first stage test, and there's a follow-up test. It's straightforward and not. You know, invasive. But if if I were, if you want to make it like like simple, let's say anybody you know fifty onwards who might have injected, that's your largest pool of people. If there are so few symptoms that would give people rise to think, look, maybe I've got Hep C. What are what are the dangers of Hep C itself? Is it one of those diseases that sits unnoticed until it really has a major impact on your health? That's right. So it can just progress quite slowly, uh, become chronic. Uh, People might feel nauseous. There is, as is perhaps commonly associated with jaundice, you know, yellow eyes and things like that. But that can be quite subtle. So it's usually more like nausea, uh, feeling like you've got a bad cold, headachey, a bit feverish when it gets worse. And, uh, you know, then people can actually get further on into 
you know, liver disease, decompensation, you know, cirrhosis. And as I say, that you know, the worst form is uh, onto liver cancer. Right. And so once you've progressed that far, will these new cures have any impact? Yes, they can actually. Um, you can have cirrhotic people uh, be cured and it does really depend on, on the stage. Uh, and you can have... Um, the liver is an amazingly regenerative organ of the body. So unlike some, uh, it can actually regrow and build itself. So uh, people can become much healthier after treatment. Mm. Melanie Eagle is our guest on Nightlife tonight. She's the Chief Executive of Hepatitis Victoria. We're talking about some cures which have been available now for about three years for hepatitis C, but which as we're hearing, a few people who really could use it have, have really taken it up. So how realistic is it, Melanie, to think that you could potentially eradicate hepatitis C in Australia? Well, it, it's very realistic. So Australia set itself that goal by 2030. Victoria, for example, the area that we mainly focus on, has set itself that same goal around the globe. Other countries are doing it too uh, under a framework of the World Health Organization striving for elimination by 2032. Now, in, in Australia, of course, we've got the advantage of a sophisticated health system, opportunities for dialogue such as what you and I are having, you know, a well-trained and sophisticated health workforce. And uh, we've also had this fantastic circumstance where the uh, curative treatments, the drugs, have been listed on our PBS uh, and are readily affordable. So for some countries that just is not the case and they're not affordable and people can't afford to pay for them. So there's every reason why we should be striving for this and, and seeing it as something we can achieve. Mm. That, that does depend, doesn't it, on getting to the rest of those people who potentially mm. could be cured but, but haven't taken the opportunity to take the drugs yet. That's right. And we also, of course, want to stop people acquiring it. So while it's still in the community, you have, there's a bit this um, viral load kind of herd notion. If there are people in the community who have it, who might pass it on to others, which might be through sharing uh, needles and unsafe injecting practices. It might be just through, you know, cuts and spills and things like that in the household. So there, there can be ways in which it's shared or, as we say, tattooing, things like that. So once it's said, it's still being passed on. So, of course, we have to work at the prevention, stopping people to acquire. But we've got this great pool of people, as you say, you know, 180,000 odd who uh, really can still be cured, who have got it. And then once they're cured, they won't be in a position of passing it on to others either. Now, and you've already seen some of that, haven't you? A slowing in transmission rates due to those people that have already mm -hmm. been treated. That's right. So there has been great news, but what you know, really positive stories, and these are you know individual life stories, and then on the data, it's also fantastic too. So once it, when it got listed earlier in uh, 2016, there was a kind of warehousing situation where people had been uh, who, who knew that they had hepatitis C were connected to care, perhaps regularly uh, being monitored by their liver specialist and just waiting because people knew that this was likely to be listed. There had been these improvements uh, through research with pharmaceutical companies. So people were waiting to access. Now those people, fantastic, they've accessed it, they've been cured, the results have come out, it's been sustainable. You know, So that good news story for those people uh, is there and available. But 
It's the people who weren't engaged in care who don't yet uh, know about it, haven't asked to go and either be tested or get onto treatment. Is the treatment 100% effective once you take it, if you're a hep C sufferer, or are there some people for whom they are resistant to those cures? There's a very small number and... The results have increasingly improved. So at the time of that listing that I referred to, it was, it was thought to be, you know, the data because they do very big uh, research projects around these before these drugs get listed anywhere. It was thought to be about 95%. Now it's thought uh, with, you know, time of reviewing it to have gone up to about 98%. There'd be very few people who uh, then don't get cured. They just don't want to make, you know, really categoric statements around 100% cure. Some people have got reinfected or haven't had a sustained improvement in their reduced viral load, I guess. But that's really tiny. Yeah. And it, it's, so it's what they call, so we, we talk, we don't talk about eradication. That's very rarely applied to any condition, including even polio. When we talk elimination, which means it's eliminated as a public health concern. It's not sufficiently what our aspiration is, and there's every reason to think we can get to elimination where it's not an actual significant public health concern. Do yourself out of a job then, won't you, Melanie? Fantastic. (laughs) Love it. All right. So really the advice is, look, if you think you might be in one of those groups, if you've uh, what had tattoos, you might thought of being done unsafely. If you've, if you've shared needles, you're really in the, the group that should be going and, and saying, look, hey, maybe I should get a check. I mean, do you have GPs actively involved at the front line? You're asking people and, and also carrying this message for you into the community? That's a good question because we've got to drive demand through just these types of chats that I'm lucky enough to be having with you now so we can prompt people to go and uh, ask, you know, so we drive demand for services and access to treatment. And the other thing is we've got to drive the offering. And so that is by getting health professionals, particularly GPs, to be suggesting, you know, you know, exploring, having the discussion, which, you know, sometimes can be a bit awkward. The press questions can be a bit probing, but much better to ask than not. So people are potentially uh, in those categories or just ask a few exploratory questions. Sensitively done, but really we're talking about people's health. So if it's done sensitively, there's no reason why this should be regarded as as an inappropriate topic of conversation, prompting that let's at least uh, get it tested. Yeah. All right, Melanie. Well, great to hear that there are you know there's real possibility of eliminating hepatitis C in what another another ten years you're looking at. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for talking to us, and let's hope you don't have a job in ten years. (laughs) Thanks, Suzanne, for the opportunity. Thanks, Thanks, Melanie. Melanie Eagle is the chief executive of Hepatitis. Victoria. You've been listening to a Nightlife podcast. For more great conversations about the issues that impact you, as well as features on travel and food, head to the Nightlife webpage. You'll find it at abc.net.au/nightlife. You don't need to be a night owl to enjoy the nightlife.